Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a podcast aimed at providing a platform to promote the excellent work that the political members and officers of local authorities are doing to overcome the increasing challenges facing the communities across the UK. Additionally, we will be promoting the wider way of career opportunities that exist within local government. We hope this podcast will help drive engagement between the public and local authorities across the UK. Good morning, and today we're talking about investment. We've got Carl Harder, the co-founder and director of Abundance, to talk about this alternative to investment and how, as a community, we can be really empowered to ensure that we can invest into making real change within our community. So without further ado, Carl, lovely to have you on the podcast. How are you? I'm very well, and, and thank you very much for having me on. I've, I've listened to many of your podcasts over the over the time, and it's uh, yeah, been, been very interesting. So very uh, grateful for the invitation to speak. Uh, thank you for coming on. It's honestly, it's a great, and again, it's something a little bit different, and this is the whole point of the podcast. It's to make both those that work in local authorities, but also the community understand the alternatives that are out there, the solutions that exist to problems. So if we can start off, Carl, just give us a bit of background as to what is Abundance. Yeah, so Abundance, we're a, um, a crowdfunding platform. We're regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, and we set up, uh, what was it, back in 2011 with the the idea that um, people um, had savings uh, and investments, and, and they wanted to direct that money towards building you know, a, a better world, a sustainable world, um, a, a, a world that sort of had addressed climate change, and and in the you know, in, 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 in return, receive an investment return, but also know that their money is doing something something positive so we we started um raising money or for um for for companies developing things like wind turbines solar parks acting a little bit like a bank with people putting their money uh, in, via us directly into the projects and then getting a, a an interest rate in return so effectively a lending platform and uh we did that for two reasons i suppose one this this idea that people wanted to move their money uh, and put it to work in a more positive way, but also this bigger mission that, you know, with a big change that we've got to make as a society to move from a, a sort of unsustainable world to a sustainable world and all the new technologies, businesses, processes that need to be sort of scaled up. If people aren't part of the process, if they're not involved, they're not going to build the understanding of these new technologies and systems, and they're not going to have the confidence in them. So they're not going to adopt them. So part of the mission has been very much to sort of get people involved through their money to to build that understanding and and smooth the the transition to a net zero world. And um, what we've been doing over the last three four years is is taking that model and 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 you know sort of translating it into the council sector. Um, so helping. Uh, councils uh, as an alternative to their you know PWRB prudential borrowing sources uh, turn to their residents as a as a lending source and raise money from their residents to support the delivery of their climate emergency plans and and in the same way we have done traditionally use that platform to really engage the public with that local net zero journey that the councils are leading. I mean because it sounds almost too good to be true in terms of as a principle and in terms of having people that want to have an impact on the society the method like the actual technology and the, uh, the 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 infrastructure to actually invest into into that what are the challenges that you're facing in terms of growing the model yeah so i think in a way it is because it's 
is is new. Um, it is that awareness. You know, nobody wakes up uh, in their in their area currently and thinks, ah, oh, I can put my money into a bank saving account, but also I can lend money to my local council to help them deliver net zero. So, you know, the big challenge is raising awareness because we know from the research we've done, the focus groups, and and obviously the the nine councils we've worked with to date. That there is real appetite to do this. You know, piece of research we did um, a little while ago, polling 2,000 adults across the UK, showed that 66% of of people who save and invest money were interested or very interested in the idea of lending money to their councils to help deliver net zero um, or or other social projects. So it is just making making people aware is a challenge, um, and that takes takes time. Um, and and sort of uh, and uh, but yeah we very much started that journey and and in a way the sort of piece of confidence that we yeah hang on to about where this can get to is actually it's not new if you go back 30 years ago councils used to run very large local uh saving bond programs you know they raised a lot of money over the years from their residents that process was stopped for a couple of reasons one it was done in the age of paper so <laughs> these poor treasury managers with big books and quill pens writing out bond certificates and updating registers as to where you know one person lived and you know when they died or moved house and also the regulator changed the rules to make it a little bit more difficult for councils to do this themselves so what we've now got you know, obviously is a is a is, is the digital age we've got online platforms which do all the administration, make it very simple and, and uh, for, for councils to, to deliver this. It's effectively the same for the Treasury team now as borrowing from the PWRB. They just get the money and pay some back to us to distribute to the investors. And and also the regulator uh, has sort of, you know, evolved the regulation around this to uh, to make it uh, a very sort of viable thing for, for councils to do and citizens to, to sort of invest in. That's a nice thing, though. I had this conversation over and over again with leaders in the industry. It's we're not reinventing the wheel. It's a proven mm. method that worked, and it was utilised for a reason back then, and it's yeah. a reason why it should be used again. But because of the technology advances, because of where we're at with the society, it just makes so much sense. Can you give yeah. a bit of specifics around? So you're working with nine councils. So what sort of projects has this has abundance funded? Yeah. So I think it, it, you know, in simple terms, it's it's projects that are in the council's capital program. We we organise these um, loans to the council uh, in compliance with what's known as the green loan principles. So this is an international framework which is, is set up to sort of essentially uh, provide the, the, the authority that uh, money raised is going for green purposes. Um, it's the same framework that the UK government used with their green guilt. Effectively, what we're doing is taking that UK government green finance framework, uh, green loan compliant framework, and bring it down to the council level. So really, any project that it's in the capital programme, which is green, uh, can be funded by this this mechanism. Um, and broadly, there's sort of six categories of green projects. So energy efficiency. So it could be retrofit measured in social housing. We've we've funded some of those with Telford and, and Recon District Council. Um, it could be EV charging infrastructure. So in the clean transportation category, I think some of the London boroughs uh, use that. Um, it could be energy generation. So we've we funded ground mounted solar parks that again are in the capital programme and the council's decided to to borrow you know, sort of money uh, to deliver. Um, but it also things that are in a way 
uh, sort of adaptation type measures, so flood defence, um, uh, you know, preparing for the sort of changes that will come through climate change. Effectively, the, the model, because it is prudential borrowing, can be used to fund anything that is in the capital programme. And, and because of this razor focus on uh, you know, climate, it is the, the net zero or the climate projects that we would link the money to. That's really interesting. I mean, what, what is the potential of this? I mean, if this goes well, if if there's awareness is generated and the, the projects that are being invested to are, are being achieved, where could this get to? Yeah, it's a good, good question. So I think, you know, this is it's something we spent a lot of time thinking about because, you know, in the UK, there is a lot of you know, savings and investments um, uh, that are held by people. So, you know, sort of crudely, uh, if you take HMRC data, ONS data, um, Every hundred thousand people in the UK have four billion of savings and investments that could be accessible through this type of um, proposition. Not all of that is looking for the return profile that lending money to a council offers. It's very low risk. But even if you say there's you know five percent uh, of 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 people's savings investment is looking for the very low risk uh, sort of return, um, you know that's two hundred million per hundred thousand people, which you know for a individual council area where maybe you've got a population of 150,000, 200,000 people, that is quite quite a significant amount of, of money that could be accessed through this through this mechanism. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, with that point as well, I mean, you've, you've talked about you've done your 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 surveys of 2000 people and you found that there is an appetite to invest because people once people understand that a it's not a con i think with like bitcoin and all these various other you know almost too good to be true it's normally not true mm. uh you know in terms of uh you know these these various kind of schemes but once they kind of understand that this is a genuine a genuine uh, and not risk free but a very low risk investment strategy what do you feel is the real like what why are people investing like what what's what, yeah. not just the data i get the data's there and it's backed up but like in your opinion as the co-founder mm -hmm. why do you think people decide that this is actually something i'd be really keen to engage yeah. with as opposed to just you know whacking it into index funds across the, the FTSE 250 yeah so yeah the return you know the return for the risk is is attractive so that you know is is a is a starting point but that isn't the real reason people are investing. You know, what we know is that, you know, there is this, this latent desire within people to put your money into things that, you know, you see and are around you. Um, there's that tangibility and, and that desire to invest in your place. So um, one of the ways we sort of, we know this is true, we've done a lot of focus groups, we've talked to people, but, you know, actually, you know, in a way, data here is, is, is often the most powerful. So when, you know, if we run online banner ads, for instance, you know, talking about invest in Britain, make it greener, earn a return. If we take that message down to a very local level and target it on a local population, invest in Swindon, make it greener, earn a return, the click-through rate on that Swindon ad in a by people within Swindon is yeah, four or five times greater than the national population clicking on the national message. And you know, there's a lot of the you know this sort of experience we've gathered that that people want to see their money put to work improving the places they live um and 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 sort of also helping solve the big problems we 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 have such as such as climate change so it's that local aspect it's the sort of the the desire to help uh, address climate change and then obviously you've got to sort of satisfy the financial return aspect but those three things together are real motivators but we know that return isn't the biggest number one driver of this there is this real altruistic 
you know, mindset here because what we're finding is that people are are, don't, are are investing, but then they're donating a proportion of their interest that they earn back to the council um, to help their communities, you know, you know, address climate change more more quickly or or help so you know social services you know deliver their their sort of services. So um, it's amazing that isn't it actually that people are once you give them a mechanism to be altruistic and to be good. Mm-hmm people are, people want to be good people want to add value they want to be part of the solution um on the client side so actually on the council specifically you know one of the big kind of contentious areas of the last couple of years was the the changes to the public work loans board in terms of they couldn't be used for just fundamentally property investment for a commercial return um I won't go into detail on that because I could start I could start a rant about how central government created their own problem there by reducing funding but that that's by the by <laughs> Within your method, you've talked about the capital projects. Are there any restrictions of what they cannot use the money for? So I think we're, you know, we're obviously focused. You know, the first phase of abundance is, is very much it, it, issuing or, or, or providing borrowing, which is in compliance with green loan principles. Um, so that is green projects that are delivering net zero. So we wouldn't uh, allow the money effectively to be used for for other purposes. But you know, councils are social enterprises effectively um and i think you know though increasingly what we'll expect to see is that all capital projects are aligned with the, the council's net zero plan and therefore an increasing proportion uh, of, of the things will be applicable to what we're doing we're also conscious that there, there you know there is sustainability bonds or social bonds which you know other sections of our community or the wider public will be still keen to support um knowing that their money is going yeah, let's just try and think of a, of a you know, sort of a, a more a more social project could could be simply, um, you know, sort of community centres that need to be refurbished for kit that can be used by, you know, children, uh, you know, for, for whatever reason. So that would be a social bond and, and, and we might start to introduce those flavours further down the line. But currently it is very much green projects uh, that are linked to the sustainability plan or the climate emergency plan of the of the council. It, it, I think, look, it, it's a fantastic idea. And I hope that, you know, this will be shared, obviously, with our, our local government network. But, you know, if people are sat listening to this and go, you know, where can I find out more information? Is it, should they, you know, what's the best way for them to understand and learn more about what you're doing, Carl? Um, so I think, you know, the best route is probably just coming straight to our website, which is uh, www.abundanceinvestment.com or also the Green Finance Institute. Um, they run a a sort of project looking at this model it's called the local climate bond uh, campaign and they've got a you know huge array of, of different bits of content around the approach um which is a little bit broader than than what we hold on the website so green finance institute or, or straight to our uh website and my last question and it's, it's something that i just want to finish on because i think it's really powerful why what is the benefit to councils of going down this route in terms of of, of utilizing this alternative to the traditional mm. borrowing schemes that they've got access to yeah no it's it's a fundamental question to this so you know the key thing we have to demonstrate every time we do this is value for money so we have to be cheaper than the pwlb certainty rate and and to date we've we've generated savings of around 26 basis points on average uh, versus the certain rate. That's after our, our fees are, are taken into consideration as well. So it has to be cheaper uh, for the council. And I think, you know, as we grow the market, we can expect those savings to increase in the same way, 
you know, people get a little bit lazy with their bank saving account. They're not chasing rates all the time. As you get a community who are reinvesting their interest, reinvesting their returns, you will see that you know that that saving margin should widen. And the research we've done on how this product competes in the market shows we probably could get to a point of about a 40 basis saving for councils once we reach scale. Um, and the second piece, you know, is 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 all about engagement, education. You know, building the understanding of of residents around what the council is doing. So, in terms of you know net zero climate emergency, if a council retrofits a building, that's great. But if they haven't made sure people in their community are aware that that's been done, they've lost some of their impact, some of their leadership impact that they can have through that action. So, we know that take heat pumps for example, people are skeptical of heat pumps. You know, they're not quite sure whether they work. The more that they're aware that they're being implemented, the more likely they are to adopt. So in one sense, at the crudest level, issuing a climate investment to do infrastructure in your community is a, a chance just to communicate that action is being taken and, and educate people. But I think, you know, more broadly and thinking about where this can get to, what I know my, my dad worked for local government, my wife is a social worker in local government. I know how little people really understand about what what local government does, and you know we've lost so many of the touch points between citizens and and the institutions that serve them. So this is trying to build that bridge uh, so that councils can communicate. We can sort of support people in this journey of building an understanding about how they can be better citizens and 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 how they can. And, and equip them with the information they need to to be better citizens. So that's the sort of um, I suppose the bigger goal that it's it's trying to bring people closer to the institutions that are serving them. And and I think what we're seeing is as people start to value their council more, that's when they start to donate uh, interest. And I suppose the end point of this is if a council has a significant proportion of their borrowing coming from residents, people who value not just the return they're getting, but the service they're getting from the council. When crises happen, like we had with COVID, um, people in that uh, that period were you know, donating millions to the NHS. Nothing was donated to the social service teams, sort of helping that you know sections of the community that were really suffering at that point. Maybe if we've got a pool of citizen lenders, they might say actually I'm not going to take my interest in this period let's put it straight into meals on wheels let's get help to the most needy in our community and, and we're creating a mechanism to do that so ultimately this model where you've got individuals as lenders rather than institutions hopefully makes councils more resilient uh, when they when they face crises so so that's the big the big aim so it's about yeah value for money today engagement understanding but hopefully creating a more resilient platform for for councils to operate on uh, as we reach scale. I just thank you so much for coming on and talking about, you know, what you're doing, because it really is important and it, it really is something that I think has a huge amount of potential. So thank you very much for your time. Matthew, thank you. It's lovely. All the best. <laughs> So today we've been talking to Carl Harder, who is pioneering a new investment strategy with abundance. And I think for a lot of people listening at home will agree that essentially this is a way in which we can tick the box of capitalism and ensure there are the returns there, but give people a, a route and an opportunity to be the best version of themselves and to help the community. But that starts with people understanding what local government does. And it starts with people understanding how they can help with their money. 
it's not something that's new. It's something that's been around for a while. So uh, it's it's definitely exciting to see this 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 initiative really taking a shape and um, by no means new. Fourteen years, eight months, it's been going for, but starting to really get some solid traction in the sector. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, please give it a like, give it a share, and we'll bring you more episodes later in the week. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Local Government podcast. Now, 87% of listeners who enjoyed the podcast do not leave a review, follow the podcast, or share it. Please, if you liked it, review it, share it, and let's keep spreading the positive message about local government 